Hi, I'm Jean Godfrey June, and this is Megan O'Neill. We're the beauty editors at Goop, and you're listening to Goop's podcast series, The Beauty Closet, where we talk about all things beauty clean, non toxic beauty, skincare, hair care, body care, self care, and the way we think about beauty both as individuals and in the wider culture. Our guest today is the brilliant Dr. Amy Wexler, board certified dermatologist and psychiatrist. She's kind of a unicorn in that field. Yeah, it's amazing to be both of those things. And, you know, skin and mind yeah. seem so incredibly interconnected. And, yeah. you know, what a great combination. Yeah. She also has the most gorgeous skin of all time. She's like the most convincing ad for her own services. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe she's actually, she must be close to my age because our kids are similar age. But, you know, she yeah. looks like she's like 23 and she doesn't look like a dermatologist that looks like she's 23. No. She just like looks like fresh and... Yeah, it's shocking. Her nice. skin is just gorgeous. It's nuts. She's so smart and so calm. There's yeah. some, there's definitely something about the psychotherapist with her where yeah, she's yeah. just... She's very soothing and I like... Yeah, I just loved all her, her answers and her just her approach. Yeah, her natural approach. Yeah. It's refreshing. Well, let's get into it. We are so excited to be here today with Dr. Amy Wexler, who I've known since the beginning of time. Forever. <laughs> One of the most amazing dermatologists on the planet. And like, if you could see her, you should look at our picture with her. Yeah. <laughs> you would be like, she's the greatest advertisement for her work that ever, like, there's a lot of a lot of Goop fans. Yeah, very luminous. Oh my gosh, really? At the end of the day, yeah. thanks, guys. After being stuck in traffic, Amy, you are that a very rare combination. You're both a dermatologist and a psychiatrist. Can you talk a little about the connection between mind and skin, and sort of how you got there, but also like how, what that connection is? Sure. So I started off in psychiatry not planning on going into dermatology, but oh. as I was evolving and became a child psychiatrist, I missed the physical part of medicine. Mm. And so I took some time because I knew I still wanted to be a doctor to figure out what specialty would make sense to combine with the psych. And I also had a baby at that point. <laughs> and I thought, I also don't want to sleep in the hospital. Like, you know, yeah. surgery didn't make sense. But when I finally figured it out, I loved that skin was the most external organ the brain and mind the most internal, but they're connected. They come from the same layer embryologically. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So there's so cool. many interconnections. And I had psych patients who had skin conditions that were really getting to them. And I remember this one kid in particular, he was on lithium because he was bipolar, he's manic depressive, mm -hmm. and lithium can make acne so much worse. And that's all he oh. could think about. So there's so many other issues going on with him, but the acne was making him really upset. Really? And I thought, oh, it was like, aha. And I rem I had really bad acne as a teen. Uh-huh. And I remember how bad it made me feel. And there's so many, like every day I'm still learning different connections, good, bad, start with the mind, start with the skin. So it just it made sense. So I went back and did three years of dermatology training. Ooh. Wow. And is it something that you're working with that connection every day? Or is it people are coming in and like, I have X physical problem? It's every day. I wouldn't say it was every single patient, although mm -hmm. it informs how I interact with every patient. So little things like I always sit with my patients and I try to be, I'm either at eye level or I'm slightly lower than them because there's already a power differential between a doctor and a patient. And I don't want 
my patient to feel small or little or less than or powerless. Yeah, intimidated. Or intim- intimidated, exactly. And also, if you sit with someone, it's an invitation for them to talk. Mm-hmm. There are all these studies on you – know, women doctors actually spend more time with patients than male doctors on average – Women tend to sit more with their patients than men do. Not always. Huh. It's a yeah, not just, just you know, big studies. Stand over. Yeah, and so I think when you're, if you start standing, it's sort of a sense like, all right, I'm ready to run out of the room. So I always sit. I stand up and do procedures and things, right. but sitting and I ask open-ended questions. So I think a lot of people walk around with undiagnosed depression, anxiety, sleep disorders, sexual dysfunction, all sorts of stuff, and while they're not coming to me for a psych eval. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. And then I'll also give permission for people to talk about things that they weren't necessarily planning on talking about at a dermatology visit, especially if it's a new patient. And that just feels good to like have someone to talk to, someone you can trust, someone who's an expert, because people walk around, like they don't talk about certain things with their friends or with, yeah, you know. And they probably, people, a lot of patients probably don't come to, like they don't know you're a psychiatrist right like it used I mean, I to be that no one knew but i think because i think i think people know and if they google me it's sort of like easy, yeah, okay. easy to find it makes so much sense it, it does make sense and even things like someone might come just for laser hair removal a woman for like upper lip laser hair removal so mm-hmm. that's easy to do the laser the procedure but then it's like well how are you managing that hair before you decided to do the laser and how did that make you feel and you know there's all sorts of issues around women and facial hair and how it makes them feel masculine or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And uh-huh. there's just, it just, like, that's one of those things women don't talk to their friends about, like, having hair on parts of their body that they don't want don't want or didn't think they should. You know, so it just sort of, like, feels a little bit relieving yeah. to feel understood and also to feel not alone when I just, like, I have tons of patience with that. You do? I thought I was, literally right. thought I was the only person. I mean, I remember how I felt I didn't have horrible breakouts mm-hmm. as a teen, but it definitely was a huge issue for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, yeah. and I remember sort of how ashamed you feel yeah. about any kind of skin problem. It's it's hard to reveal it to another person. So I would imagine that moment when you actually are like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about this. It's sort of a self-care moment where you're like, I'm going to actually mm-hmm. address this thing that's really bothering me. Yes. Like, you do have this opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I take care of a lot of teenagers also. And I always thank the parents because a lot of parents don't send their kids in or they think, oh, acne is just like a rite of passage for teenagers. And sure, some people can't afford to go to the doctor. But if they can and their parents bring them in, I always just thank the parent because that's not so common. Yeah. And it's yeah. a really nice thing to do. Yeah, it is. It's true. And, and people think instead that you're, you're pointing up a problem. Sometimes, right, that's the thing. Like, I didn't want to bring it up to them and make them feel bad. And yeah. I said, they know that they have a problem. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. already feeling so bad. And don't shame them. Yeah. Of course, yeah. there's a way yeah. to yeah. say so something. Much shame. Yeah, but you're just like acknowledging that you realize there's a problem and offering to help. Yeah. And that's yeah. so nice. Acne is a real special pill. Like, it really if is. If you've ever had it, it's just, yeah. you feel horrible. Yeah, I had you had, you adult had acne. really major. And like, yeah, I would get out the subway early. Because, like, I'd run into someone and it's so brightly lit in there. I was oh. like, they can't see me. No, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. And you yeah. n- you don't know what day you're going to have until you wake up and look in the mirror. Uh-huh. And it just informs the whole rest of your day, how you interact with everyone, how you feel about yourself, your posture, your eye contact, your mood, everything. Well, getting sort of more general, what's the most common question people ask you and sort of the, and the most common pe- reason that people come to see you? Well... Since I take care of, I do both cosmetic and medical dermatology and, yeah. and kids. So 
I'll often see a woman age 35 to 55 with pimples and wrinkles. Mm-hmm. And she'll feel <laughs> too old for her pimples and too young for her wrinkles. That's me. And that's, <laughs> oh my God. It's not you. It is a it huge really breakout. You. I had a huge breakout last week. I've huge. never seen you have a breakout it in does. all these years. There's still like a red Oh mark. my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So that's a common thing. And, mm. and women, I see men too, but who want to age gracefully and naturally, but want to turn the clock back. Sort mm-hmm. of like want to know what's everyone doing, but I don't want to look weird. I want to look at myself, and so I I do a lot of that. That's um, probably number and I know one like and... the term anti aging is now sort of out mm-hmm. of fashion, and so what are we calling it? But still, everyone's coming in asking for anti aging. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but when they come in asking for that, you mm-hmm. know, they're like, I want to look smoother and brighter. What, right. What is your go to? Like, how do you know what to do? You know. So there's a. A lot of I have a lot of different options, which is so good. There's things like prescription retinoid creams, like Retin A, strongest let's call it anti-aging cream mm-hmm. in the world. Also treats acne, so that's amazing. Also prevents skin cancer, so it's growing collagen, it's decreasing acne, it's preventing basal cell and squamous cell skin cancers, which are the most common kinds, not the deadliest, not the not but melanoma, not melanoma, yeah. but and preventing fine lines and wrinkles and brown spots and doing it. So that's something I can prescribe to so many patients and get them to use it. So that's like a great prescription to ask a dermatologist for. And then I have so many procedures I can offer patients, injectables like Botox and Juvo, which is a a new Botox competitor, which is really interesting. Yeah. Hashtag Newtox is what they're going by. Um, (laughs) And there are fillers, which we use. Fillers get a bad rap because I think often patients will come in and they'll be like, well, I don't want to look like so-and-so. And And they'll mention a celebrity who they think looks weird. Or they'll have a friend of theirs or someone they saw on the street. But most when filler's done right, you are not supposed to know someone has it. It's just the things that are done poorly stand out. It's not done wrong a lot. It's just when it stands out. Or, Or when someone looks, let's call it weird, Mm-hmm. or overdone. Sometimes that's plastic surgery. That's not right. But everyone's just like, well, that's just bad filler. Right. I don't know why. That's yeah, it became... Well, I think people in the very beginning, they would say like someone had like some crazy plastic surgery and they'd be like, they've had too much Botox. And you're like, uh, yeah. Botox does not have that power. <laughs> right. And then now it's sort of like filler is more of the right. culprit. Yes. <laughs> and certainly filler and just, put in the wrong place and too much of it like definitely looks bad and weird. Yeah. But most people who have filler just look good. Yeah, well, there was, I don't know if you've seen it yet, there's a piece in The New Yorker about Instagram face. I think I saw the headline, yeah, but I haven't seen the it, article. It was it was about how, especially more younger women, mm-hmm. you know, have this sort of like the lips, the mm-hmm. cheeks, the it's, it's sort of an artificial look, wanting to look like particular celebrities, but mm-hmm. also just have this sort of smooth Instagram appearance. Yeah. Do you have people that are coming in looking for that yet, or is it that... I don't have that many patients ask. I've had a few ask over the years, you know, ask to look like certain celebrities or mm-hmm. they'll show me a picture and, and then it's just educating like, okay, there were filters used there. Right. Yeah. Know, right. This, this has been edited, you know. Yeah. But I don't have that so much in my practice. Do you have to say no to people? Like do people come in and they're like, I know I want X, Y, Z, you, you know? know I used to have to say no to people. And I would say like you can literally go across the street or down the block to another dermatologist. They might do this, but this is why I'm not. But I think patients self-select for doctors because I tend to be someone who does things naturally and yeah. I'm conservative. Yeah. And I think it's also because I'm a psychiatrist, like I like to preserve facial expression and right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and looking and 
human and just turning the <laughs> clock back on the person themselves. Mm-hmm. And patients know that now about me. And so it's rare that I'll get someone who wants to do something very extreme that I'll disagree with. Yeah. Sometimes someone comes in with an idea and I'll disagree and I examine them and I educate them as to why. It takes a while and then they totally get it. Like that kind of happens a lot. Or someone will come in asking for Botox in their cheeks because they just don't know. They don't right. know. So what, a lot of what yeah. I do is, is educating and that's that's fun and that builds a relationship and then it usually goes well. Do you worry at all about sort of internalizing like the changing expectations of what women should look like and then sort of promoting them by the way, you know, like... For you me? Know what I mean, yeah, that people are expected to be ever more perfect or whatever. And I think there is, I mean, there is so much ageism mm-hmm. and I think it affects women way more than men. That's and true. I'll hear from certain patients, I'll be like, you know, I actually wasn't thinking of doing a cosmetic procedure, but I'm X years old and everyone I work with is in their 20s and early 30s and they can't know how old I am. So can you help wow. me? Yeah. And then it's, yes, I can help them, but it's a hard conversation. Yeah. But I, I'm also like interested in, Feminism and cosmetic procedures, right? Mm-hmm. So where does this, how does it fall? There was, I read an essay by Deborah Spar, who was running Barnard, and she mm-hmm. gave a lecture, and she got a hard time. Someone, one of the women in the office gave a hard time because she dyed her hair. Really? And yeah, I mean. And she spoke <laughs> about doing Botox and how yeah. she does Botox every four months or so. And, and how really, and I agree with this, like feminism is about, equality also, but it's about not judging each mm-hmm. other. So if some, if one <laughs> feminist chooses to dye her hair and the other one doesn't, like, fine, let's just, why do right. we have to judge anybody? Let's just support each other and try, right? For so, sure. I don't... It's a conversation men don't even have to have. ever have. <laughs> In <laughs> any way. Only a little bit. Certain <laughs> professions. I know. But... Yeah, I guess maybe. Um, it is a bit of an occupational hazard. What's the... I mean, from certainly what I hear and have experienced, mm-hmm. the hardest... The hardest area of the face to turn back time is the eyes. Is that still correct? Or is that, or is there some, what can you do Well, I think around the eyes? Like that's the most common plastic surgery procedure I'll refer my patients for. Like I try oh, to really? take care of everything I can in the office, but mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do everything obviously. Yeah. And so when the upper eyelid, for example, has lost its elasticity, there's nothing that I can do that will give it back. It's the thinnest skin on the body. It's kind of genetically predetermined when it's going to sag. I've actually, you know, I've had 25-year-olds who, who have just have it. where it's blocking yeah. their vision. And I've had people who are 70 who don't have it. It's just yeah. a lot of it's genetic. So it's also a really simple, when done well, by an experienced surgeon, plastic <laughs> surgery procedure. And so, I mean, a plastic surgeon who does that procedure can turn the clock back on someone's eyes by 10 to 15 years in one procedure. Whoa, really? It's amazing. And you get your own eyeballs back. But what what are they doing? Like so, on the upper lid, they cut out the excess skin. It's called an upper lip blepharoplasty. We call it a blef for short. (laughs) Upper lip blef, and the extra skin's simply cut out. And the suture line is put in the crease of the upper eyelids. When you open your eyes, you don't see it. Oh, yeah. Is it crazy downtime? No, it's the sutures usually stay in for about five days. Most plastic surgeons say two weeks of downtime, but really, the day the stitches come out and the scabs are removed, like any remaining. Swelling never looks as bad as the pre-op sagging. And if there's oh, any bruising, whoa. you put concealer on it and stuff. But they typically say two weeks. But huh. yeah. What about dark circles? Dark circles are <laughs> tricky. We still don't really know what causes the pigmentation. I mean, if yeah. it's on the surface, that's different. But 
A lot of it's genetic. Okay. Sometimes there's an indentation on the lower eyelids, and then you're just getting shadowing from the light bouncing and different. Yeah. So that's why filler is sometimes used under the eyes. But a lot of it's genetic, and we don't know. Is that like broken up bits of hemoglobin? Is it like what is that? We don't know. Yeah. It's just the lower huh. eyelid skin. Why? Like the upper eyelid skin is really thin, and you can see through it. Okay, one more. What about <laughs> the lip area? Because yes. I feel like it's it's hard. Like we were talking about filler mm-hmm. gone wrong. Sure. I feel like it's in that area. It's often hard to make it look natural but enhanced or plumped. What do you do to – Well, the thing about lips – so just like the rest of the face, lips get smaller as we get older. They kind of turn into the mouth a little bit. If you think about it, bones of the face shrink a little bit, mm-hmm. and so they don't hold the soft tissue as well. So the jaw and the mouth gets a little bit smaller and lips turn in. So you see less of the pink part of the lip typically as someone gets older. And it's not hard with a little bit of filler to get that pink part just back out again. And nobody knows you've done anything. So that's what you're going for. That's what I'm going for. And sometimes there's like a deep line above or below a lip that you can fill a little bit with filler. Yeah, like the lines like... The vertical lines? Yeah. That sometimes people call smokers lines, but you can have them if you've never smoked. They're also from straws. Oh, really? So straws are bad for so many reasons. Yeah, straws straws are bad. Mostly the environment. But also, if you think about it, when you use a straw, you're overusing the muscle that surrounds the mouth. It's called the obicularis oris. And it's like lifting a weight with it over and over until you form little cracks. That's why I like straws. Oh, I just realized why I have them. Why? Because I don't use a straw. I whistle all the time. Whistling will do it? I do. I love whistling. Reminds me of my grandpa. I'm so happy, though. Keep doing that. It's sort of unconscious, but I definitely do it all the time. That's why I have that. Well, I I made my mom stop using straws probably 15 or 20 years ago because her lipstick was bleeding into little lip lines, just a little bit, but enough to bug her. And after a couple of years, it was just gone. Oh, really? So they Mm -hmm. they can kind of... You can heal. Yes. Heal. Mm -hmm. All right. I need to, like, sing instead of whistling or something. Yes. (laughs) that I mean the lip thing I always think my sort of you know prejudice is always that like oh any lip filler is crazy because that is something that especially like young and old people I think are sort of do this overdone look so I'm always like, is it ever possible to do a lip where it doesn't yeah. look overdone? Like I just yes, assume you just all... don't know those people ha- yeah, have totally. it because they don't yeah. look weird. That's they just it. look yeah, they good. Do. They just look yeah. good and not yeah. weird. Would... Many people are born with an upper lip to lower lip ratio of one third to two thirds. The upper lip's often smaller. Uh-huh. So if you're born like that, you should keep that ratio. Right. But but others are born with a 50-50 lip and that's what they should have. So oh, it yeah. should be what you've always had. Right. Changing some the re- new yes, situation. Then it looks yeah. weird. Like but when Angelina kind of Jolie became like really yeah, yeah. Oh, famous and she has a 50-50 lip, she was born with it. Everyone wanted her lips. But that doesn't look right on someone who usually has a one-third, two-thirds. Yeah. Right. So I'm gotcha. always like, look at your kids or let's look at some pictures of kids. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Their upper lip's a little smaller. Or mine was always a little bit smaller. So it should stay small. But sometimes you really can't see the pink part of someone's lip as they get older. Yeah. Right. It's just nice to enhance a little bit. But you wouldn't know if it was done right. And what about – tightening. I like Thermage for tightening. Like there's the two best skin tightening lasers on the market are Thermage and Ulthera. Mm-hmm. We have Thermage because I just think it's better. It takes a little bit longer to work, but lasts much longer. No downtime. So I think the skin tightening lasers are really good. They're not like plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, I yeah. use a baseball analogy for some reason. I always, I'm an mm-hmm. ex-jock, but I would say like <laughs> if plastic surgery can get you a home run in terms of outcome for tightening, mm-hmm. thermage done on the right patient can get you a double. But a double is really good for no downtime, no scarring, no risk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can go right back to work. So I like those. Those I are about d- heat, right? 
Yes. Okay. The heat like under your exactly the deep dermis to turn on the fibroblasts, the cells that make collagen and elastin to make some more. So that's good for all skin colors and types. Yes, totally. And you can do it. You don't have to just do it on the face. We've done it on the body also, but it works really really great on the face. Mm-hmm. On the body, like the yes. arms. Right. The arms, it's great on the abdomen. It's huh. best on Ooh, the jawline. The abdomen and... is so <laughs> Other things are good for that too. Cool sculpting is really good for the abdomen because it also tightens the skin. So cool sculpting, which is a fat freezing laser mm-hmm. and was FDA approved first to diminish fat, also was FDA approved to tighten the skin. So that's really cool. So for example, like that little fat pad that people get under their chin, it freezes the fat and tightens the skin. But it's also good on arms, on tummies, on backs. You know, bra, whatever rolls, whatever. Wherever someone. there is fat, extra But only fat. to a certain extent, right? Like not if it's so – like how do you know if you're right for it? Well, you have to be examined by someone who's expert in it. My physician's assistant, Laura Dyer, is like the country's expert in cool sculpting. She worked on all of the FDA studies when she was working in California. And she's on the advisory board for the company. So you really need someone who knows what they're doing. So, you know – yeah, because it's, it's kind of a procedure you can get anyway. You know, somebody can just buy yes. a machine but not know how to use it. Just like anything else, it has to be done right. So some people come and say, like, I tried that. It didn't work for me. And we'll mm-hmm. get in the details. Like, how many times did you do it? How did they treat you? Did they massage the area after? Like, all – it's really – Specific. Specific. So just like with anything. So Laura will often say to someone that they don't – she doesn't think they're a good candidate for whatever reason. Because she so, knows when she can – Exactly, because we want to have a good outcome. Right. Sure, anyone can go do it, but – if it doesn't work. And usually you need two treatments. So each treatment of cool sculpting gets rid of 20 to 25% of the fat cells permanently in that area. Wow. But if you only do one and you get rid of 20, 25, that leaves 75 to 80%. So you at least need two treatments. Some areas tend to like always need three. Men do it for gynecomastia, like excess oh, yeah. breast oh. tissue and fat there. It's really good for that, but it's really great for double chins. The glow of your skin, you know, at Goop yes. we're all about like glow and looking healthy and sort of the surface of your skin. Yeah. What kind of treatments do you have? Somebody who's like, you know, my skin is dull. I'm feeling. So there's so many things. And for me, I always look at also lifestyle Mm -hmm. and I talk a lot about sleep. So we heal in our sleep and people always are annoyed with me when I say as adults, we need seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night. Like everyone groans in the audience because most people think about how many hours they get and it's nowhere near that. And I talk about how, like, I think most Americans feel like sleep is a luxury and not a necessity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we heal in our sleep. We turn over cells in our sleep. So that whole thing about, like, your skin looking dull, yeah. you know, just pull one all-nighter or have, like, one night of bad sleep. And people will be like, are you okay? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Great today. Definitely. And you notice it on yourself. But then when you get eight hours, you just – why do you look better? Because yeah. the surface of the skin is healed. When we're not sleeping, the skin loses water. So it – called transepidermal water loss, and there's way more of it when we're sleep-deprived. Also, if the skin is too irritated and too dry, like all those things. So I always talk about sleep and then also about what people are doing to their skin. So thankfully, that whole thought of like, I have to drink eight eight eight-ounce glasses of water a day, that myth was debunked, though I feel like it's still kind of out there a lot. Yeah, I feel like it is too. That Whatever we ingest, as long as you're hydrated, well hydrated. So if you're dehydrated, you'll certainly see it on your skin. But drinking a ton of water does not get up to the skin in any appreciable amounts. It's used first pass by the liver, by the internal organs. We pee out all the pee. extra water. Yeah, exactly. But it it's doesn't like get to the surface. <laughs> it's really what we do to the outside. Huh. So, you know, people are overly exfoliating and stripping their skin of the natural oils and 
getting that squeaky clean feeling, which is like not a good idea. Yeah. Not moisturizing well, you know, using irritating products. So to have a glow, it's usually good sleep mm-hmm. and gentle exfoliation and really good hydration and moisturizing. And also good sun protection because the sun yeah. will right. ugh, wreaks havoc on everybody's skin. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then in winter in New York, like right now, it's so dry. There's like no moisture in the air. So I think humidifiers are really good. And also just kind of looking at your skincare thinking, oh, is something drying me out now in the winter that I can tolerate more in the summer? That's like often. switching it up and. Yeah, exfoliating a little bit less, moisturizing a little bit more, maybe adding a serum for an extra layer of hydration, that kind of thing. And there's and treatments yeah. in the office we can do that to boost that, like microdermabrasion mm-hmm. gets all the dead cells off the surface at once and tells the cells underneath to grow back at the same time. So that looks smooth oh, and even. So that's. Yeah. What about Fraxel? Fraxel is a, is an intense laser. Yeah. I use it for fine lines and wrinkles. I also use it for scarring, particular mm. acne, acne scarring. A separate setting is for sunspots. So it will definitely improve the surface texture. It just uh-huh. has downtime associated with it. And then we what we call a baby Fraxel is called Clear and Brilliant Laser, mm-hmm. which instead of having, you know, making someone red for five days, it makes them pink for four hours. But it does give you a glow. Something. Huh. Yeah. yeah Are sure. that would those be good for my skin, for dark skin? They're good for every skin type. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There are very few lasers. You just have to anyone who's using a laser needs to know what they're doing, of yeah. course. And certain settings have to be turned down for darker skin tones, but not all lasers have to be. But they can all be used. Okay. Like I have a hair laser that does hair removal for all skin tones, just different settings in the same laser. Cool. Yeah. Wow. And what about, we sort of started with acne, but let, let, as far as treatments for acne, what do we not know about? What are your favorite strategies? Yeah, like what works? Where is it going? Is there, Are they ever going to be like, and yeah, and now it's over. The cure, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? It would. Vitamin A derivatives are still the strongest category of acne medicines, both creams and pills. Mm -hmm. So in cream form, there's one that's over the counter now, which is great because anybody can buy it. Differin 0.1% gel went over the counter a year ago. The 0.1% cream is still prescription, though hard to get covered because it's weaker than the 0.1 gel. And then there's a 0.3 gel that's prescription. And then if those don't work, you kind of graduate to Retin-A or Tazerac. But it's now the strongest over-the-counter acne medicine, which is awesome because for years, over-the-counter, we only had salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide. Yeah. Right. Not very strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get you very far, typically. But different is a great place to start, and it's still really strong. So still, like, use it every other night to start. Mm-hmm. Moisturize on top of it. Give it six to eight weeks to work. If it's not working, then you can go see a dermatologist. But I think it's great because everyone has access to it. Yeah. Yeah, and can see how they respond. Yeah. Then it's inexpensive. I think last I checked on Amazon, it was ranged between 11 and $14. So it's really good. That's great. That is good. Yeah. And then the pill form of the vitamin A retinoids is Accutane, which works 96% of the time. Like show me another medicine for anything that works 96% (laughs) of the time. It's amazing. I was lucky enough to train with Dr. Alan Shalita. He was my chairman. He died, but he did all the original studies on Accutane and Retin-A. So got a really good Accutane training and I use it a lot. And do, do people, or do they fall, are they susceptible to side effects typically with Accutane? Because a lot of people has, are still scared to... I know. There's a lot of misinformation about this medicine, probably more than any other medicine I know of. There are mostly just nuisance, annoying side effects. Dry lips, dry skin, dry eyes if you wear contacts, and sun sensitivity. A woman and or girl should never get pregnant while taking it. It causes first trimester birth, birth defects, but it does nothing to eggs or sperm or future fertility. It's out of the system in a day. 
Um, so I think that's where a lot of the myths come from. There was also, you know, I'm also a psychiatrist, but there was also the rumor that it caused depression. But mm-hmm. oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of big studies have been done now that disprove that and prove what we always thought, which is that during Accutane treatment, despre- depression scores go down and I... self-esteem scores go up. <laughs> right. Well, that you know, seems... take, take someone with a face full of acne and clear them up. It's life-changing. Yeah. Absolutely. What and about then, diet sure. when it comes to acne? So How... there's a lot of stuff on the internet about that, but no studies, no big studies that show any correlation between really? any food. There was one small study that showed that like skim milk was worse for skin than low-fat oh, milk yeah, in, yeah. in teenagers, but it was a really small study and not replicated. Some mm. doctors will even tell you they think diet has something to do with it, but so certainly when someone comes in and say, says, if I eat this, I break out, okay, so you You're know like, for you, right. for yourself. Like people, individuals certainly have, but I think diet doesn't happen in a vacuum. So if someone's eating a certain food, it, that might be a food that's associated with stress in their lives. And stress certainly makes acne worse. Mm-hmm. They've yeah. done acne, they've done pimple counts on college campuses during finals. Ooh. They, they oh, do wow. it, you know, during the regular part of the semester and then during final exams. And pimple counts, you know, double or triple during finals. Well, we know. Wow. Kids aren't sleeping. They're yeah. super stressed out. So that's, that's all related. And then you might not – you're probably not eating as healthfully. Right. So it's not one thing. There's so many confounding variables, but I think it's the stress. Yeah. That's – And there's so many other treatments for acne. There's hormonal treatments for acne. There are lasers. There's peels. So there's – it's always treatable. When you were talking about all the variables, that's also you know that's true. I guess with almost any skin condition, mm-hmm. and certainly with the signs of aging that people are coming in to see you about, that you know you're like, I was out in the sun, I was smoking, I was eating <laughs> right. like yeah. barbecue with the sugary <laughs> drink. I was. <laughs> do you do like a lifestyle thing when you're first getting a new patient, or how to like always? We, do, we have questionnaires that people fill out, mm-hmm. new patient forms that include things about alcohol and smoking and drugs and exercise and all of that. But then I ask a lot of questions about sleep and relationships and work. And it's the rare person who's like super healthy and fit who also smoking a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. They often go to – not always. Though. Right. Um, yeah. I just have to ask. I feel like in New York City, there's a lot of those. There are a lot of closet <laughs> smokers though yeah. in New York. Definitely. Yes. But I think people – like Mayor Bloomberg for sure cleaned up the city from smoking and really did such a good job with that and I think brought it to front of mind for a lot of people. What do you think – I mean, sun is probably the worst. Sun what, and smoking. Sun and smoking. Two worst. Yeah. And then stress. What about alcohol? I always feel like people can – I think alcohol – a difference in someone's face. It can for sure. Mm. I mean, a drink, no. No. Right. Drinking too mm-hmm. much for sure. And then in the middle – People get dehydrated when they're drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I always hear like, have a full glass of water with every drink. That's a good idea. Yeah. Because alcohol turns off the hormone that regulates water homeostasis called SADH, mm-hmm. antidiuretic hormone. So that's why when you drink, it makes you pee more. But it's kind of telling oh, your body. Really? Yeah. Just like caffeine does so- that too. So it puts you into a state of dehydration. So that's why you're supposed to drink water with every oh. drink of alcohol. Anti-diuretic hormone. So, yeah, uh-huh. coffee too. Alcohol's stronger, I think. That's good to know. I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought it was like somehow just inside you dehydrating you. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's cool how it works. And then like, – so you see the dehydration on your skin. Wow. But then alcohol also affects sleep patterns. So I'm like always right. – I feel like a broken record back to sleep, but sleep so many key. things affect it. Yeah, and a lot of people who will say like, 
if I have more than one glass of wine or one drink, I can't sleep. I can't fall asleep. I can't stay asleep. And then the next day, your skin doesn't look great. Yeah. What was it? The alcohol or the sleep deprivation? Probably the sleep. Huh. That makes sense. And yeah. what about so, – so obviously wearing sunscreen is great for yes. everyone, even if you have acne. But there are all these – people are talking about vitamin D deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Would that like noticeably or, or majorly affect vitamin D impact from the sun, wearing it, sunscreen? It could, but I don't care because it's so easy to take vitamin D3 supplements. And that's the same as – It's exactly the same. Sun. No, it's the same vitamin D that, that we make. And you don't – I think that's used as an excuse why people want to keep tanning uh-huh. you know, or the yeah. tanning lobby. Yeah, right? they're like, we need. Yeah. I need to go in right. to this tanning booth and right. Get a my lot of Americans D. are are deficient in vitamin D. It's an easy blood test to do at your annual checkup, and it's an easy vitamin to find. I found some vegan gummy ones that <laughs> so are amazing. Good. They're delicious, and vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin, so you store it in your liver, so you can build up a store also. Okay, so oh. sunscreen, no excuse. Even if you have acne, because then it does feel really bad to put it on. But So if you have active acne, it's really good to use mineral-based sunscreens mm-hmm. like zinc oxide and titanium dioxide because they will not clog your pores. Yeah, we love mineral they sunscreen. They sit on the surface, yeah. And they're sort of soothing, right? Isn't one zinc of them, is soothing. It's like it is. a baby bottom cream. Yes, exactly, <laughs> right. But you want so. it to be micronized so it rubs so in. So it, yeah. yeah. But the sun is bad for acne too, so. It is? Because mm-hmm. people... People, I, I feel like there's a there's a, a feeling that, that, that you feel out better the sun. after. I feel like, but I think what happens because you get a tan, probably. Well, mm-hmm. it can hide it a little bit. Yeah. That's for sure. But I was always taught that if you're in the sun, it'll dry up your acne temporarily, but it turns down your immune system surveillance on the acne, and then like a week when you're after being in the sun, it gets worse. Oh. So it's a delayed reaction worsening. So no one associates being in the sun the with sun. acne. Associate being out of the sun with acne. And another thing about the sun, I think, is that if someone's in the sun, they're usually – they're either on vacation or it's a weekend or it's right. summer. Mm-hmm. And so their the stress, stress levels are lower. Yeah. Exactly. And what about sweat as far as, you know, like people often are like, you know, you've got to wash off right mm-hmm. away if you're prone. Like a lot of people, you know, like if you're if you're breaking out in your back or something like that, like – is sweat a huge? Because I also tend to think like sweat is so like purifying and yeah. I don't like. Well, it's I mean sweating is necessary and good for you, but I think sitting in sweaty workout clothes is not good if you're prone to body acne. Like mm-hmm. I see a lot of women who have acne under their sports bra area, and mm. I'll say, well, like after you exercise, are you able to get your sports bra off, get in the shower? No, I kind of hang out in it for a while and just making a simple change of changing, or like someone who's a tennis player. Right after playing, if they can't get in the shower, I'm like, just bring an extra shirt. The materials now that wick away sweat, you know, instead of like, mm-hmm. I, I still wear a cotton t-shirt when I work out. I'm I old school. You do. Yeah. Very, yeah. Way more comfortable. <laughs> but I I see more breakouts on the body. Like I see a lot of tush acne in um. women who are wearing thongs and then those wick away kind of shorts or leggings to work out in. They're not so breathable. But just making a simple change of like changing the kind of underwear and the kind of material yeah. you're wearing or like getting them off and getting in the shower really makes a difference. So it's not that the sweating is bad. It's just having it sit on your skin afterwards. Huh. I think endorphins that are released during exercise are amazing for the skin. Oh, really? I'm endorphins sure benefit your skin? I well, just thought it was anti- your mind. It's both, right? Because really? they're so. anti-inflammatory. I think they're good. Oh. Endorphins are anti-inflammatory. So the mm-hmm. happier we are, so we should more exercise orgasms, for better skin. Exercise. And, oh, yes, yeah. definitely <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> so good. Yes. 
I, I love that message. Yeah. <laughs> Endorphins for the skin. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, skin and mind. Because it's all connected. Yeah, yes. From when we're embryos. That's amazing. That is Isn't that that pretty is, cool. That is really cool. And it does kind of make sense. Oh, I know. The, the, another thing that sort of both your mind and your is the gut. What do you think of all the there's probiotic skincare lines, mm-hmm. the people taking probiotics right. for skin, people putting probiotics on their skin. I love probiotics, but I think the research isn't totally there yet for skin. Mm-hmm. There, there's good data on skin probiotics and kids with eczema, and oh. it helps. Mm-hmm. There's some studies in Europe about that, which makes sense because kids who have eczema and dry, itchy skin and the skin barrier isn't functioning well, their microbiome is all yeah. messed up. Something's messing it up, mm-hmm. yeah. So kind of correcting that with topical probiotics. But similarly to like drinking too, so much water doesn't get to the skin, eating a probiotic will not get to the skin. Eating oh. antioxidants, you know, won't get to the skin. You have to put them on the surface. I'm sure that's really? what the data is going to Yes. Okay. Yes. That is interesting. I've always, like, I always loved green tea since mm-hmm. I was a kid, which was weird when I was a kid. But... I, I wish it was helping my skin by ingesting it, but yeah. it doesn't because first pass through the liver and digesting it, and all the other organs use it up. There's not oh, much really? left by not the time it gets left. out So to you've got to put it on your skin. Yes. That, well, I love vitamin C on the skin. I feel like it is a great antioxidant. It certainly makes a difference in how my skin looks, vitamin C. Yeah. Vitamin C has to be stable. The problem with vitamin right. C is that it will be oxidized by oxygen. So vitamin C in a cream or a serum needs to be in a airless or sealed kind of container or pump or be a thing that you mix yeah <laughs> like yeah. a dry one right and then like use a powder, powder. exactly like but yeah no antioxidants yeah. are great so good yeah well thank you so much yeah. for You're answering welcome. all thank our you. questions i feel like i could fire them mm-hmm. at you all night i yeah. love it <laughs> thank you many. for having me dr wexler she just knows everything about skin yeah she does I, in this, I mean, I loved this conversation and I kind of, but I kind of discovered this like bummer about myself (laughs) while we were talking. We were, you know, the part where she was talking about how like using straws can give you lines around your lips and that people shouldn't use straws for another reason not to use straws, which is good, you know. And I realized for the first time ever, like I have lines around my lips and I've always been like, I don't smoke. I hate straws. I've always hated them. So like before it was a plastic thing. And I'm like, what, you know, what's this coming from? It's because I whistle all the time. You do whistle all the time. I whistle all the You're time. You're so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm happy. But like, I think I also do it to like, as a nervous tick to like get through something. Like we were on this hike this weekend in Harriman uh-huh. State Park. So pretty. It was free. It was beautiful, but it was absolutely freezing. And yeah. like, you know, my, I think to sort of, I realized I was like hiking up this thing and I was yeah. freezing and the wind was blowing and I was like whistling along and I was like, I'm whistling, <laughs> I'm whistling. I'm like getting these wrinkles, but I think I, I do it to kind of like get through things that are difficult as well as to sort of feel happy. Yeah. And to sort of, yeah. Some you sort you of are always whistling. Like when you're typing along, sometimes I hear you whistling, <laughs> oh God, but it's, so but it's kind of good. It's like, <laughs> a, it's soothing for me. There's a picture of me when I'm like one, like before I can talk and I'm whistling. Really? Like I'm like sitting in a field whistling. <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't know thing. where I got that, but it's, it's not good for wrinkles, but it's sort of, it's a real tough habit to break. So yeah. definitely not broken yet, but I don't know what I do when I'm nervous, but I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at someone and been like, Hmm, they'd look better with Botox or filler. Oh, look better with it. Yeah. 
I I have wondered what somebody would look like. You know, I've been like, yeah. you know, where someone has like really crazy wrinkles and you're like, I wonder what would they look like if they didn't have that. Um, you have, really? Yeah, but I but have you not been like, they a, look better. You know what I, I mean? Like I mean, I never know if you know if someone would look better, especially because you definitely we always see examples of people that 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 don't, don't look, look better. better because yeah. they look overdone. Yeah, I don't know. I I certainly Botox, I've thought, you know, like, oh, what would that person look like if they weren't, you know, looking so mad or whatever. Yeah. But filler, I don't think I've ever been like, wow, you know, that person needs a shot in the <laughs> lip, you know, <laughs> like I just don't have. Yeah, I, I really haven't either. I've been like, I've like clocked someone's not clear skin or mm -hmm. my own. Oh, yeah, I, I do that a lot. Like I, I do always, that a lot too. And do you like sometimes you're like, oh, I want to tell this person like different things I know about yeah. skin. And then you're just like, that but would also, be like, horrible. I'm that person. It's like, why do you, Megan, have blemishes all over oh, your face? Oh, for heavens, <laughs> you're so not that person. <laughs> yeah. I feel like once you're that person, once you have acne, you're always that person. Yeah. You know, like in your head. In your head. Yeah, I, I think that, I think people have that, like, I know people that were short for a long time when they were growing up, and then they became tall, but they still think they're short. Really? And likewise, I think there are some short people who, for like, while they were growing up, were, were, tall. were exceptionally tall, and they're kind of, think they're tall. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> weird. Like, think they're tall, like they're sort of like, obnoxious about it? No, just like where they're, they're more confident and yeah. don't sort of act, don't see... You know, I I knew someone that like I remember people would say to him like, "Hey, you know, shorter guy, you know," and yeah. and and he'd look at them like, "Like, who are what? you talking to?" Well, yeah, are you? What do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, they just like just don't see it. And I feel like it's the same thing you're talking about, of where you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally broken out," and I'm looking at you. You're yeah. the clearest skin of any person. Oh my god, and, you That's know, shocking to me. It is it is funny what you can kind of uh, what you can superimpose on yourself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's it's pretty amazing. But yeah, I've never, I don't think I've looked at someone and been like, I think you would look better with Botox or filler. Yeah. I guess, but I think that is, like she was saying about the lips, mm -hmm. how, you know, I was saying, I always say never, when people ask me, I'm like, never ever do your lips because yeah. I've seen so, so many, many bad, bad. And she's like, no, you've seen lots of good. You just don't know that it was done. And yeah. that's the weird thing about both, you know, dermatology and plastic surgery totally. yeah. is you, you kind of have this judgment. You think you know what it looks like, but you only know what the bad version looks like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've definitely, twice in my life, I've, I've seen people who genuinely all of a sudden like looked a whole lot better and yeah you know I remember saying to one person we were like what you just look amazing and she was like oh I got the best haircut and we were like we went back and we're like, mm -hmm. I think she got <laughs> more than a haircut yeah. yeah it was clearly like plastic surgery that worked like really, really looked like tw but it's only been twice right that I have been like that that person was improved by whatever it is they did, and it, you know, and it, it wasn't like plastic surgery. It was like awake and rested, yeah, and awake, healthy. rested, like beautiful cheekbones, a gracefulness, like. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh, I wish I had the nerve to ask them who their plastic surgeon was <laughs> <laughs> I did at the time. But you do, you see so many more. The only the only time you really know somebody's had it is when it looks awful. Yeah, you know, whether it's, it's plastic a weird surgery thing. or no fillers or yeah. you know, it's hard to know what mistakes have been made when, where. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. I would totally trust Dr. Wexler though because she just looks so great. 
she looks amazing and she's very I mean I've gone to her she does like a really thorough skin cancer check oh, which yeah? I cannot recommend more highly and actually yep. going to That's her important. office is great because it's it's like a spa it's like very not in an obnoxious like ritzy way yeah. but in a just like you feel calm and like you're yeah in it's good like enjoyable hands. to be yeah there. yeah she's very conservative you know she's never you know I've never I've never known anybody that went to her that you were like whoa he really went yeah. for it you know yeah. I, I, I just don't think she'll go for it yeah and yet she she she's looks talented. amazing yeah she really is I loved how she talked about dark circles being genetic. I remember we talked about that on the with, with Bobby Brown. Body. Yeah. 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 And like how it's that's just like people have dark circles and you gotta accept them. I think you really do. Yeah. yeah. I've it's, also never been like that person has dark circles and they'd look better without them. I really I, haven't. I agree. The only people I can think of where I'm like, oh wow, I really noticed their dark circles are actually men. Really? Yeah, I can think of some like huh. older men that you're like, wow, they really their their eye is so far back, you know. Really? They're, 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 there's so much darkness, like. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, I, I've never noticed it on a woman where I'm like, oh, she has dark circles. Yeah, and I I actually weirdly think a lot of the time that people look kind of really sexy. beautiful and yeah. sexy when they're hungover, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. look kind of tired with dark circles. Yeah, I, I don't think know that, that works is, about but, thirty. But. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> the the hungover 50-year-old not so hot. I know what you're saying and I agree you know? and even those men I was just referring to that I'm thinking of it, it's kind of there's something sexy about a dark circle. There is. A puffy eye not so sexy. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a puff no, but yeah, like a lived-in rugged. Yeah, yeah. Sort of effortless. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's something There's just something French. There is something, French. Like, I don't care. This is me. Yeah, like I had my cigarettes and I am, you know, <laughs> now it is morning. I have my croissant. Totally. Who cares? <laughs> I, I agree. But a puffiness, yeah, I would, you know, I feel like a, a Jillian Dempsey mm-hmm. gold roller. Yeah. Like, that, or, you know, even just an ice cube, just something. Yeah. good for a, a puffiness is not always so. That can, that can go away. Yeah. But, but the, I agree with you, the, the oh that was a night yeah look (laughs) (laughs) something cool about it definitely and she's I mean I've known her forever like I remember talking to her about how you know I should be using sunscreen every day on my face and on the backs of my hands yeah like when I was like late 20s I'm sure glad I had that talk with her back then (laughs) I literally used like a bottle of Viva Sana sunscreen while I was in Martinique. You were in Martinique? Yeah. For the it, holidays? Oh, it was I'm incredible. So it's so beautiful. You stayed on a boat. Tell we us stayed, about the boat. Stayed like on a sailboat. an Airbnb boat? It was an Airbnb sailboat. So so close quarters, but beautiful. Like the best way to stay in Martinique. But the bathroom was... And much less expensive than a oh, hotel. Yeah. Like Whoa. worlds less expensive. But we stayed in the sailboat, and the bathroom was microscopic. So I like couldn't really do my normal ablutions, you oh, know, and apply yeah, we my thing. Beauty editor routines. Yeah, <laughs> no space to do it. You needed the the Ursa Major wipes. I did need them, but I didn't bring them, and I was so pissed. Those those are the. Those are the thing to take on a trip. Yeah. Right now, always having your makeup bag also, which I don't have them in my makeup bag right now. Yeah, I like didn't wash like, my face because it yeah. was too hard. But or that the RMS. Amazing. Yeah, I feel oh, like the coconut. Uh, the coconut. Saturated ones. Yeah. 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 The, those, those There's are like my... nothing else like that. They're yeah. so weird and cool. Yeah. They, you, they almost feel like paper when you start. You're like, are these working? And then you're yeah. like, oh my God, I'm so moisturized and I've cleansed. And they're dry like in a weird way. Yeah. And crinkly. Yeah. But good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> crinkly. 
yeah, a, a, an individually packaged wipe, Ursa Major if you're wanting like refreshing, mm -hmm. or RMS if you're wanting like the super moisturizing. Yeah. But so you you were sunscreen all the time. Sunscreen all the time. Lots of serum-y things. Mm -hmm. I love this one from uh, Demamiel. Oh, so good. Just like filled with antioxidants and, you know, like she after the sun. She was an amazing podcast. Yeah, she was her. great. I just trust anything she makes. Well, I think Dr. Wexler would have been proud of you. Yeah, she would have. Tons of sunscreen. <laughs> Tons of mineral sunscreen. Min mineral only. And not bad for the ocean. We saw so much beautiful ocean life an octopus oh my god we held an octopus you're kidding no oh and you don't have to feel that you're killing, killing it with its your environment because yeah. it kills coral yeah right? regular chemical sunscreen is known to kill coral and i think they've, they've banned it in hawaii yep. and also in some parts of the caribbean yeah there's somewhere that already has banned it but yeah it's it kills coral Obviously not good for your skin, but also it degrades in sunlight. Yeah. That's why it says to reapply it all the time, because it, it degrades. And what's what's the point? And it what irritates your skin. And mineral is just way better. Works yeah, better. It's a shield. You should still reapply, obviously, if you're jumping in and off your in and out off of the water, boat. off your boat. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> jealous. Gotta you gotta go. go. Yeah. It's on the on the schedule. <laughs> So on the site, I do a column called Megan Tries It, and you do one called Ask Jean, and we get a whole bunch of beauty questions. And we're going to answer them all here, right now. <laughs> yes. So should we get into today's Ask Me Anythings? Or maybe Ask Us Anything? Yes. And if anyone's listening and has a question they want us to answer here, just send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. It could be about self-tanner, crow's feet, dry shampoo, parabens, our favorite bath soak, non-toxic lube. Or anything else. Now to today's question. Okay, from Tracy R. All of a sudden, my mascara seems like it isn't enough. Maybe I've been watching too many episodes of The Bachelor, but I feel like I need more. Should I try extensions, false eyelashes, tinting? Okay, this is a big question. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much you can do with your lashes. And yet, I don't do that much. <laughs> well, like, you're like mascara woman. I personally haven't tried extensions. Mm -hmm. My best friend tried them. Like she went on like a vacation, like not a like a weekend vacation with her husband. And she was like, I looked great. Like I really looked great when yeah. I woke up in the morning. And I know you are like, I don't even need mascara because you are young. And when you get older, like I, when you get older, I remember hearing when I was younger, I remember hearing an interview with Kathleen Turner and they asked her, what was your desert island beauty product? And yeah. she was like, mascara. And I was like, that's crazy. Who would want <laughs> mascara as their desert island beauty product, you know, yeah. thing. And I, you know, I was like, I want concealer for my zits. Like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but as you get older and maybe it won't happen to you, but with me, I'm like, oh, I really do look better with mascara. Really? Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't wear it like, you know, on the weekends or something. But yeah, I do look better with it. And I tried Latisse uh -huh. because, you know, half the people I know are like, oh, my God, you know, you use Latisse, the prescription yeah. lash grower stuff. It's not cheap. And people I know like are like, oh, I had to cut my lashes. They were too long and too thick. Yeah. You know, and it seems like everyone is like that except me. It does nothing to me. Nothing. Really? Except my Maybe like my metabolize it. Fast. I don't know what happens, but it doesn't work, and it's really disappointing. I'm just waiting. I'm like, Litties, please work. So I should try extensions, but 
my friend tried them. She went on like this, you know, weekend thing with her husband and she said that she looked better and she was like, I always looked awake and like yeah. cute and whatever. She's like, but I also, she was like, they weren't comfortable. And then when she took them out that they take out a bunch of your lashes when you, That's true, you know, yeah. do it. So I'm I'm never eager to do an extension. A false eyelash is very fun on like a you know if you go like a night out night or out like big night out yeah but they're 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 easier than you think if you do individual lashes and you just have a little patience with them and you use eyeliner I think that eyeliner to like cover up that you're that they're there th- that they're there hmm. yeah you just use a little little bit of eyeliner and actually that's another thing i would say for lashes is that the overlooked product for lashes a lot of people will be like oh i'm caking on all this mascara and you can really avoid doing that if you take liquid eyeliner which sounds you know very makeupy and very crazy and you just draw it's almost like you're doing connect the dots i learned this from trish mcavoy 100 years ago <laughs> you do like connect the dots between your lashes so it's really at the very roots of your lashes you're not trying to make a line you're just and i do the outer say half or third of my top lashes i don't do the bottom and what you do is you you connect the dots and you're gonna smudge you're gonna you're gonna have issues and then you just take a q-tip wipe it almost all the way away and then you have like a natural darkness right at the roots of your lashes and you need like you know, one coat of mascara, if that, because your eyes are defined already. With and you're just doing dark. it at the end, you're saying. I do it at the outer at the corner. Outer. Yeah. The outer upper corner. Huh. It makes you, you need much less mascara. So there's much less flaking and yeah. smudging and all that stuff. And there's great clean ones. There's a good one from Well People. There's a great one from Beauty Counter. So that's great. And then we're all at Goop, we're all obsessed with the mes- the new mascara from Westman, Westman yeah. Atelier. That's just an amazing yeah, product. everyone's obsessed. And I love the Say mascara and I love the Say eyelash curler. I feel like that, if I remember to do eyelash curling, which is rare, but like if it's like really fabulous yeah. out kind of situation, it, it makes a big difference in how open and awake you look. I'm just, I'm not on the mascara boat yet. But- you're you're so happy not to be on the yeah, mascara no, I, boat. I, I like, am happy. It's you, you know you should like nobody should ever use something they feel like they don't need yet. Yeah. Like, I remember in the beginning of being a beauty editor. Well, not even the beginning. All of being a beauty editor, people will try to cut your hair, and also they'll try to cut color your hair. Totally. And everybody's like, "Don't you want highlights? Don't you want to try coloring your hair?" And I was like, "I'm going to be spending you know a good portion of my life sitting in a hair colorist chair, yeah. and I will wait until that time yeah. to be doing that." You totally. Know? And I was, I'm, I'm glad that I made that choice. They are always trying to do stuff. Like I, I did this. I was on the what was I on the Today Show uh-huh. a bit ago, and the makeup artist was like, it, "It's so early. It was like 5 a.m." She was like, "We need to wake you up. I'm going to do mascara," and she was like coming towards me with the wand, and I was <laughs> like, "I really just artist. don't." Yeah, that too. <laughs> I was like, I really hate mascara. And we got into like a scuffle. Like she was like trying to like strong arm me into doing mascara. Yeah. I've I've been strong armed by TV people into uh, eyeshadow. TV, people. T- TV makeup artists are like, I have my formula and it works. Yeah. And you're like, but it doesn't make me look good. Yeah. You know? Or feel good. So. Yeah. And I mean, there have been great TV ones too. I don't want to like yeah, yeah, know, say it, but I feel like you can they they can definitely be like, what? You're yeah. not using this makeup product? Like, That's taking impossible. A yeah. sometimes you gotta say no no means no no means no (laughs) thanks again for joining us on the beauty closet you can learn more about our new podcast series at goop.com slash beauty closet podcast we hope you'll come back next wednesday for our next chat and in the meantime just tap subscribe to keep up with new episodes 
If you're liking what you're hearing, please rate and review the podcast and share it with a friend. Talk soon.